Hello, everyone. This is Father Bill Nicholas, and this is Faith, Hope, and History. Greetings and welcome, everybody. It is Saturday, June 5th in 2021. It was on this day in 1972 that Jodie Foster made her movie debut in Disney's Napoleon and Samantha. On this day in 1968, United States Senator Robert Kennedy was shot down by Sirhan Sirhan in Los Angeles after winning the California presidential primary. In 1910 on this day, the author William Sidney Porter, also known as O. Henry, passed away, as did Stephen Crane 10 years Prior, in 1900, on this day, Stephen Crane being the author of The Red Badge of Courage. But on this day also, as a church throughout the world, we celebrate the Feast of St. Boniface, who is a little-known and, at the same time, well-known saint of the Catholic Church. I know I certainly knew who he was when I was studying history in sixth grade, way back when we actually studied European history and Western civilization. And being that it was a Catholic school, we also studied the church's influence in Western European uh, history. And Boniface, I know, was one of those saints featured in the history of the church, known especially for having cut down a, uh, a, a sacred oak to demonstrate to Germanic peoples that the divinity is not in the tree, but rather the divinity is found in Jesus Christ, who revealed the one true God. Uh, But the great oak of Thor was an object of pagan worship. But in addition to that, he was probably born in Devonshire, England in 680, died in 754. He was sent to a monastery school near Exeter when he was just seven, and then to the Benedictines, Abbey in Winchester when he was 14, and he studied under uh, Winbert and became the director of the school. He was ordained a priest around 750 and was a successful teacher and preacher, but he wanted to be a missionary to Friesland, which is today uh, the Netherlands. In 722, he was recalled to Rome and was uh, consecrated regionary bishop for Germany and actually in that work secured a pledge of protection from Charles Martel, one of the great figures in French history and, of course, European history. And on his return to Germany, Boniface preached. He won instant success with huge gatherings of pagans that resulted from his demolishing of that oak of Thor. And he was able to do it without any kind of harm to himself from the divinity that they believed lived in the oak. So he was also successful in securing English monks as missionaries for Germany. And in 731, he was made a metropolitan, that is a bishop of Germany, beyond the Rhine, authorized to create new sees and dioceses. He went to Bavaria as a papal legate and established a hierarchy and several new dioceses in that area. He founded a number of monasteries. And so he was very, very much an active missionary Reforming the Frankish church, which Charles Martel had plundered, was also appointed apostolic delegate for Germany and Gaul. He eventually resigned his his see, his diocese, in 754, and spent the last years of his life reconverting the people of northern Netherlands, who had lapsed back into their pagan customs. 
and he was preparing for a confirmation of some of his converts when he and a group of his followers were attacked by a band of pagans and murdered on June 5th, on this day. And he is honored as the Apostle of Germany. So a very active, active saint of great zeal in preaching, a great missionary, but also a man of great audacity because what has always stuck in my mind as part of his activities is cutting down that oak of Thor, demonstrating in a very audacious way that the divinity is not in the tree. The divinity is in Jesus Christ. And so in chopping down this tree, first of all, you can tell he was not an environmentalist. Uh, He didn't go around chopping trees everywhere, but a sacred oak was obviously probably an oak that was very old. So I don't know exactly how popular he would be with uh, Greenpeace today or the Sierra Club. But he was audacious in the way he preached and the way he demonstrated the divinity of Jesus and the importance of the Christian faith and in preaching it to the people of Germany and in re-preaching it when many of them went back to their pagan ways. But basically he demonstrated to them, this is not a god. This is just a tree. And sometimes I wonder if we need that kind of audacity today. Now, granted, yes, what do you know? He died a martyr's death. But he had great success, and he was not killed as a result of that action of chopping down the Oak of Thor. Eventually he was killed, but the threat did not diminish his zeal. And I wonder if we need Boniface's down to today, because while we don't see people worshiping trees, although we certainly see people uh, worshiping nature in the extreme examples of environmentalism, we're called to be stewards of nature, but we know there are people in our world today who just take it to such an extreme as to say that this race of human beings made in God's image and likeness is actually a curse to the environment and a curse to the world. That is certainly not a Christian understanding. So we certainly see a certain degree of paganism in that in which Like a lot of ancient pagan and lots of ancient paganisms, humanity was kind of the lesser aspect of creation. For example, in Babylonian mythology, at least one of the stories of creation is that humanity sprang forth from the blood of the losing side after a battle among the gods. So we are from the losing side of that divine battle. Whereas the Jewish people in the scriptures Don't speak of a divine battle in which humanity sprang from the blood of the losers, but rather it tells the story of how God knelt down, made human beings out of the clay of the earth, and breathed his life into us. And in the first story of the six-day creation, it says, let us create man in our own image after our own likeness. We believe as Christians that we were made in God's image and likeness and that we are not a curse to the environment. We are not a curse to creation. We are, in fact, its stewards. And that certainly is a counterpoint to the paganism in which nature is above humanity. We believe we are stewards of nature, not beneath it, not the curse of nature. And certainly, a Boniface would be strong in confronting that sense of paganism. But what other paganism do we see in our world today? Maybe not a paganism in which we are worshiping statues or trees, But just look at society today. Look at anything on television, the movies, advertising. Everything is saturated 
with aspects of human sexuality. And the variations of human sexuality are given such a variance in our society and in our culture that it has in many ways become a form of paganism. Sex is the great paganism of our time, ever since the 60s. Everything, one way or another, is about human sexuality and sexual expression. We talk of orientation, and we talk of love and freedom to love. We see human sexuality as a whole separate category of humanity. I recently saw a website of a a Christian camp, not a Catholic camp, but a Christian camp, in which part of its description says they want to help children develop an awareness that human beings are physical beings, spiritual beings, and sexual beings. Well, no, the sexual beings is part of the physical beings. But they love to hold up that aspect of humanity. We may as well say that we're also beings who eat, which is another irony because many people reduce human sexuality as nothing more than just a human bodily function, like eating, and yet they treat it as such a sacred thing that no one can touch no matter what your orientation or variation or deviation might be. And when you think about it, we have adjusted how we think, we have adjusted how we speak, and even the religious institutions in some cases have given in to that trend, or some have kind of downplayed the moralities that they have traditionally expressed with regard to marriage and human sexuality because it has become such a prominent feature in our society today. It's almost like a kind of glandular paganism, a paganism of the glands. And I wonder how a Boniface would approach that, the kind of audacity he would have in addressing that paganism that we see today. I wonder where he would say to the people of Germany, this is not a divine object. It's a tree. Today he might say, it's not about love. It's about orgasms. It's about how we like to attain physical pleasure. It's about the pleasures derived from the various emissions and secretions of certain biological glands. And we're elevating it to this level of love And even in sometimes quoting Jesus, Jesus told us to love, and we somehow apply it to this, where the love that Jesus speaks of is something completely different, which I addressed in a previous podcast a few weeks back for Valentine's Day. And so we need an audacity in addressing these notions today that can be considered modern paganism. And we can look to such saints as Boniface, who had that resourcefulness and audacity to confront that paganism in his efforts to spread the gospel of Christ and the faith in the God that Jesus revealed to us. So today is a day of, again, a little-known saint, but relatively well-known in certain places, certain circles. And he was a man of great zeal, audacity, who, yes, in the end gave his life for this faith because he was not afraid to confront the paganism that Christianity was seeking to replace. And we need that audacity in faith today. Without audacity, we become complacent. And Catholics cannot be complacent if we are called to go and make disciples of all the nations, to go and bear witness to this Catholic faith. What happens when Catholics are complacent? All you need to do is look at cities like San Francisco. A city named for a Catholic saint, founded and established by the Catholic Church, named for a Catholic mission, 
and as was at one time a very, very Catholic town, which has now become, in many ways, one of the most anti-religious and anti-Catholic cities in the world. And do we blame the secularists for that? Yes, to a certain degree. But we can also blame the complacency of Catholics, of people of a Catholic Christian faith, who basically let it happen, did not assert themselves as a presence and citizenry in this city and in other cities in this country, in which Christianity is put down and in many ways diminishing as a major influence in this country in favor of this paganism. And people of a Christian faith and of a Catholic faith have allowed it to happen by being quietly complacent. That is not the model that we see in saints like Boniface. Boniface had the audacity to confront that paganism, to chop down that tree, and to say that is not a god. That is a tree. This is not divinity. This is just the environment of which we must take care as stewards. This is not about love. Love is about giving of oneself for another. Love is about the kind of disposition that Jesus taught us to have. They are elevating the pleasures derived from the various emissions and secretions of certain biological glands as some elevated plane that they call love. And we need to have Bonifaces of today who have the courage, resourcefulness, and audacity to confront that which would combat the spread of the gospel, the values of our faith that has built Western civilization and has been the foundation and integrity upon which this country was built, the United States. So let's see a good example, not just in faith, but historical example. And remember, this is faith, hope, and history. Boniface was an important historical figure in spreading the gospel to Germany. But he was also a great example of courage, resourcefulness, zeal, and audacity in spreading that faith. And we need to have that same audacity if we are to combat the glandular paganism that we see saturating our culture and even trying to infiltrate our churches in the modern world. We are facing a paganism, and we need that resourcefulness that Boniface had in combating it. So, look him up. Learn about him. Learn about his zeal, and let's see if as a church we can have one iota of that same energy and zeal that Boniface had to truly make our presence felt as people of faith in the midst of a society that is growing in a modern glandular paganism in which we find divinity or treat with some degree of divinity and label with an elevated term such as love nothing more than physical pleasure a paganism of the glands. So those are my thoughts for today. Check out my website, Fetus Nostra, at www.frbillnicholas.com, and check out my YouTube page. I have my homilies and other catechetical videos there. I hope you enjoy what you see, what you read, what you hear, and I hope this is helping you to see in a real substantial way this Christian faith and the relevance that it has to modern society and the history of our nation of Western civilization and the history of our world. So thank you for listening, and with any luck, I'll talk to you again soon.